Good morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the thoughts and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, in the final months of 1820, uh, some 3,000 miles off the coast of Chile, in one of the most remote regions of the South Pacific, 20 American sailors watch their ship flood with seawater. And as you can probably imagine, it is a catastrophic scene. I mean, their boat is about to go down. It has been crashed into by a giant 85-foot-long sperm whale, created a huge hole in their hull, and now these men are forced to abandon their vessel and face an uncertain future. It's every crew's worst nightmare, stranded in the ocean, 10,000 miles from home, more than 1,200 miles from the nearest scrap of land, and all they have are three small whaleboats, a set of rudimentary navigation equipment, and limited supplies of food and water. See, these, these are the men of the whale ship Essex. And their story will eventually go on to inspire Herman Melville to write his book, Moby Dick. And it goes without saying that their situation is absolutely dire. Stranded in the middle of the ocean. I mean, no one knows that anything has gone wrong. And as the fear begins to set in, they face a very important decision. What do we do next? Now, it takes a couple of hours, uh, but eventually they come up with two possible solutions. You see, they can either travel 1,200 miles west to the nearest inhabited island, or they can travel 1,500 miles south, hope to catch a certain band of winds, and pray that those winds carry them 1,500 more miles east towards the coast of South America. And I don't know about you, uh, but while I never want to find myself in this sort of situation, the first option, uh, the option that's almost a third the distance, sort of seems like the best decision. And it certainly has the uh, full support of their captain, but as you may have guessed, it is not the direction uh, that this crew decides to go. And it's for one simple reason. Fear. This powerful force that creeps into their lives and begins to shape and influence and sway their decisions. And in the case of the crew of the whale ship Essex, that fear comes in the form of rumors. Rumors that they've heard about people living in the South Pacific. Rumors that say that they're not just coarse and crude, they're cannibals. And so as they face this very important decision, the fear begins to creep in, and it begins to shape and influence their decision. And so instead of following the direction of their captain, instead of going the right direction, they head the wrong direction. So wrong that three months later, when the last survivor is finally found, only eight people are counted among them. Now, I know it's a, an extreme example, but, but I think it illustrates an all too familiar situation. The way that fear can creep into our lives and begin to shape and sway and influence our decision. And if, if you're anything like me, then maybe it makes you wonder, you know, how do we stop this? How do we move from fear to faith? 
How do we respond with a sense of courage? And, you know, these are the kind of questions that we are going to wonder probably every single day for the rest of our lives. Uh, but what Jesus shows us, tries to show us in today's reading, is the answer to this question. That in the midst of fear, we can trust him because he's our captain. And that no matter how bad it gets, no matter what goes on, we can respond with courage because a relationship with Jesus changes everything about all our decisions. Now you see, brings us uh, to this reading, a pretty familiar story about Jesus calming a storm out on the water. And as the scene opens in today's reading, you probably picture how it all gets started. You see, it's been a long day. Jesus has been preaching and teaching in this little town of Capernaum. And as the night begins to come, he senses that there is work, important work for him on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And if you're one of his disciples, you discover that work is so important that you need to leave tonight, right now, so that Jesus can get a fresh start in the morning. And so he invites you to leave these crowds behind. He invites you to get into this boat, and then he invites you to head out on the water. And what you need to know about this water, this body of water, the Sea of Galilee, is that it's a very unique place. 13 miles long, about 8 miles wide, 150 feet deep. But here's the kicker. It is the lowest freshwater lake on the planet. And that means that it's surrounded by all sorts of hills and that those hills will often lead for storms to rather quickly come upon the water. And if you're one of Jesus' disciples in today's reading... That's exactly what happens. You're hunkering down in this 25-foot-long, rickety fishing ship when all of a sudden a storm rages towards you. Wind blows against your boat. Waves threaten to topple you over. And for just a moment, you think, that's it. We're done. It's all over. But if you're one of Jesus' disciples, this isn't even the most concerning part in today's reading. You see, that goes to Jesus, your captain, your Lord and master. Because water is beginning to flood into this boat, yet there he is, a couple of feet behind you, asleep on a mat like nothing's the matter. And so, of course, you turn to the guy. Of course, you ask him, Lord, don't you care? We're about to drown. This is an utter disaster. And here's the most important part in today's reading. Without a word, Jesus stands up. Silence, he says. Be still. And all of a sudden, the wind stops, and there's calm on the water. And then he looks at you, and he asks two very simple questions. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I just love the way it happens because the point of this story, the point of this miracle, you know, it isn't to calm the water. It, it isn't to still the storm. It's to show his disciples, people then and now, people like me and you, that no matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what comes our way, we can trust him because he's our captain. Now, for the last month or so, I've been uh, re-watching a television series on Netflix 
that I'm a little embarrassed to admit uh, was one of my childhood favorites. Uh, pretty dorky show for a second and third grader to come home every day after school and, and watch. I'm, I'm talking about Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation. And if you'll bear with me for just a moment, as I've been thinking about today's reading, and as I've been thinking about that show, it strikes me that there is a scene in the midst of the first season that really captures the essence of this reading. So, so buckle up for just a second. You see, we find ourselves on the Enterprise, and a young boy has just stolen a shuttlecraft. And he finds himself in the midst of chaos as he is out of control and about to burn up in the atmosphere of a planet. And so he reports back to the Enterprise, my engines won't start. And then he asks the next natural question, what do I do? I'm about to crash. And in this scene, you can tell that the fear is creeping in. And it's beginning to shape and sway and influence his decision. But then he hears the voice of his captain. Stay calm, Jake. You're not going to die out there. You're going to do exactly what I tell you. And then he receives a, a really odd direction. I want you to point the nose of your ship down at the planet. And it sounds crazy. I can't do that, Jake says. I'll, I'll burn up. But then, once again, he hears the voice of his captain. Don't worry, Jake. You can trust me. And in a, in a brilliant Star Trek move, Captain Jean-Luc Picard teaches him how to skip his ship off the atmosphere of the planet. But here's the point. He's able to do it because he trusts the voice of his captain. You see, the thing about fear is that uh, we are always going to have it. I mean, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's never going to go away. And that's because it's, it's human to be afraid of an unknown future. It's human to be afraid of being out of control. It's human to be afraid of, of uh, rejection. But you see, just because the fear creeps into our lives doesn't mean that it has to shape our decisions. Because just like Jake, we trust our captain. You know, this doesn't mean that uh, the storms won't rage. It doesn't mean uh, that life will always be simple or easy, but it does mean that you can respond with courage. I mean, just consider today's reading. Jesus is the one who gets into the boat in the first place. Jesus is the one who invites the disciples to join them. He sets the course. He gives the direction. And when that boat is going down, Jesus is the one who looks at them and shows them, don't worry, I've got this. So for just a moment, as we come to a close here, I want you to consider something that you are afraid of, something that you fear in life. And then I want you to consider how you can respond because you can trust Jesus, your captain. Because today, he looks at you and he asks, you know, are you afraid of the future? finishing school, finding a job, raising kids, affording retirement. Because, you know, I, I hold the whole world in my hands. Or maybe you're afraid of, of failure and rejection. But if that's the case, you've got to know that there is nothing that you could ever do that will ever make me love you any less. Maybe it's death you're afraid of. 
Because if that's the case, you got to know, I get it. I've been there. But you got to trust me that one day there is going to be a resurrection. And so fear is going to creep into our lives, but just because it does doesn't mean that it has to, to shape our decisions because we can respond with courage because in Jesus we know the one who always looks at us and says, don't worry, I got this. Now we'll never know uh, how often it happened, uh, but I am convinced that Jesus' disciples regularly remembered the events of today's reading. And that's because uh, they faced all sorts of situations uh, that were full of uh, catastrophe and uh, dire situations. On the wrong end of swords and spears, facing trials and persecutions, their lives would have been filled with fear. But it didn't have to shape the way they responded. And so I'd like to imagine that in situations like these, they would remember the events of this reading. They would remember what Jesus asked them. Are you still afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then it would hit them. They know the one who says, don't worry, I got this. And this enables them to respond in faith and not fear. It gives them courage, and that's the exact same thing that faith in Jesus gives to you. And so as you face your todays and your tomorrows, may God bless you with that very same courage. That when the fear creeps in, you would trust your captain, and that even though you don't know what the future holds, even though you don't know what's going to happen, that he would enable you to respond in faith. And not fear, because like his disciples, like all the Christians who have gone before us, we know our captain, the one who looks at us and says, don't worry, got this. Amen. And may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.